even clear view. It's amazing what you'll find face to face. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a special Thursday night edition of the show going primetime at 8 o'clock because the NFL schedule has been released, and more specifically, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers schedule has just been revealed, and they actually have a primetime game. More than one, which is very exciting. So we're going to break it all down. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is SR Scott Reynolds of PewterReport.com. And Scott, I can't believe it. The Bucks are going to be in prime time uh, even early on in the season, too. So uh, going to get a lot of good looks at Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and potentially Baker Mayfield. Yeah, the season starts, Matt, in Minnesota in week one. Minnesota. Yeah. With the one o'clock game, then um, then two games at home, Chicago Bears, and then the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's going to be a Monday night game on ABC, a seven fifteen start. So it's an earlier start for Monday night football, and uh, so that's how the season starts. We'll have the graphic up here in just a second, but uh, the bye week comes early. Yeah, so I, to the be bye honest week is with really you, early. Com- yeah, to be completely so, honest so, with so you. So basically, well, I so absolutely say we, hate it. Yeah, I do too because you, you've got. <laughs> You've got two away games. You've got the Vikings week one. You've got the Bears week two, the Minnesota or the Minnesota Vikings week one uh, at Minnesota, then home against Chicago, home against the Eagles. And then you've got a week four game at New Orleans. And then you've got the bye week right after that, Matt. Yeah, you really do. And we'll go through the schedule. I, I know we just named a couple of them. Yeah. Um, but it's also a little bit weird the way that it's sort of, bunches up like you know week two week three you got two straight home games then later on in the year you got two straight road games I don't really love that and two home games before that against Detroit and Atlanta I kind of like I get it from time to time you're gonna have two in a row but I don't really hate I mean I really don't like the fact that it's like two home two away two home two away I like when it's like home away home away back and forth and then you know once again uh you know later in the season going to San Fran. I guess it's more halfway through the season in week 11. But man, having that bye week, just to get back to that real yeah. quick, having that bye week in week five. I mean, we talked a lot, especially on yesterday's show, about the offensive line staying healthy and just really the whole roster in general staying healthy. You know, the, the secondaries had their issues from time to time. Yeah, Having the week off that early in week five is terrible for yeah. the Buccaneers. Like, let's go back to their Super Bowl season for right. a minute. They had that bye week late in the year, kind of got their you-know-what together, and then actually beat the Minnesota Vikings, uh, of all teams, coming out of the break. So uh, don't don't really love seeing an early, early bye week. Um, And Bucks Basement, thank you for the $2 super chat. Could Bowles be fired by the bye week? I mean, that's another thing to think of. He's not going to be fired by week five. That would be insane. But there were a lot of thoughts last year, Scott, when the bye week was later in the season that – maybe Tampa Bay would move on from Byron Leftwich, And they didn't in the right. season. They eventually did in the offseason. PewterReport.com was the first to report it. But, you know, a lot of times those decisions do come about. So you can see the schedule on the screen here. Yeah. By the way, the preseason, it starts out. They play against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers on August 11th. That's a Friday. Then they go to New York to play the New York football Jets. 
have a funny um, feeling you're going to be there, Matt. Yeah, I have a have a pretty good, pretty good, Look, uh, pretty good feeling about that there. one. Yeah. yeah, very exciting. Uh, that date is still TBD. They're saying anywhere from August 17th to yeah. August 20th, and then uh, the Ravens they host the Ravens, so two home preseason games this yes. year. That'll be on Saturday, August 26th. Yeah. And then- now, now the interesting thing about that Jets game that that uh, that game up there in uh, New York, the the preseason game, if you will. Yes. That is going to be joint practices for that. Mm-hmm. So that that's something that the team has, you know, has, has talked about doing. And um, and they they're looking at, at doing joint practices there that week. Now, they did that last year in Nashville with the Titans. And they're going to be doing that with Aaron Rodgers up yes. there. So so that's going to be really interesting to, to have. Which Aaron I, I think it's going to be cool, too, because Aaron yeah. Rodgers has been super, super complimentary of Todd Bowles. He was on part of yes. my take, which love part of my take, but that's not a serious uh, sports show. You know, they like to crack right. a lot of jokes, love the show, but like one of his serious answers, he was talking about how much respect he has for Todd Bowles, how difficult he makes it. And let's remember, you know, the bucks played against Aaron Rodgers last year. They that's played right. against the Packers again this year. Um, but you know, avoid Aaron Rodgers at least for a, a game that really counts, but they held Rodgers uh, very much in check. So, a much different look going up against the Packers this time, but curious what uh yeah what Rodgers will say about that that Buccaneers defense when he faces them. That's right. Now there are two primetime games, right? There's the Amazon Prime Video game. That's that's going to be a Thursday night game against yeah. the Buffalo Bills up there in Buffalo. And so you look at at the way the schedule is set up. Let's just go through it game by game. We'll kind of read it first sure. and get our initial take. There starts off at Minnesota. You know that's going to be an interesting. You know, game there. The, the Vikings are certainly no slouch. You've got uh, Dalvin Cook, who's going to be primed and ready to test the this young defensive line that features, it's going to feature, Kalijah Kansi and Logan Hall on either side of Vita Vea. So the Bucks' run defense will get tested early on right there. And if it's not tested in week one, it's going to be in week two. The Chicago Bears have got Justin yeah. Fields, one of the best <laughs> scrambling quarterbacks. Uh, and and they have upgraded their their uh, rushing assault. Uh, uh, Dante Foreman, who was with the Panthers last year, gave the Buccaneers fits and was a thousand yard back there. Um, you know th- that's a one two punch right there. And they just drafted Rashawn Johnson, who is uh, Josh Capo's crush. So yes, <laughs> so th- th- the Bears can really run the ball right They're They're one of the top running teams in the league, uh, thanks to their quarterback. Oh, and by the way. The Eagles also have a rushing quarterback, Jalen Hurts, right? So you've got Jalen Hurts there uh, on Monday night. So right out of the gate, these first three weeks, the Buccaneers' run defense is really going to be tested. The Eagles, you know, they, they got rid of of their 1,200-yard rusher, um, Sanders. He's in Carolina now. Yeah. And they, they got DeAndre Swift from the Lions, as well as Rashad Penny, who Dave Canales is familiar yes. with from the Seahawks. So right off the bat, this run defense for the Buccaneers is going to be tested. And then you've got the New Orleans Saints and then that early bye week, Matt, that you were talking about that you don't like and I don't like. And I don't think this team's going to like having that early bye week. I can already picture, you know, the Bucs maybe stumble out of the gate. I don't love the, the start to the season. I mean, sure, the Bears in week two, that looks like a winnable game for the Bucs. But Minnesota, you know, won their division last season hosted a home playoff game. The Eagles, we know, went to the Super Bowl. That's a tough, uh, you know, three-week matchup. And then we all know how difficult it's been for the Bucs to defeat the Saints, even when they've gone against the Saints. So 
Yeah. Um, not an easy start to begin the year, but Scott, you were just talking about the run game. The Bucs have to be ready for that. They, without question, have to gear up for it. I would go as far as week seven as the Bucs better be ready. Because as you look in week one, the difficult quarterback rushing attacks in week two and week three, the Bucs may catch a break with uh, with the Saints if Kamara isn't available. And I know they have other running backs in, but if Kamara, who's been their bread and butter for yeah. several years now, the Bucs would catch a break there. But then, you know, some rookie wonders with the Lions and the Falcons. You know, Jameer yeah. Gibbs, we were all floored when he yeah. got drafted. Well, where overall. He picked, yeah, where, where he was picked in the first round. And then, of course, B. John Robinson, the apple of everybody's eye when it comes to uh, the run game. And, yeah. you know, going up against Detroit after the bye week, sure, it's nice that it's a home game. It's one of those double-ups again. But Detroit mm-hmm. isn't your alliance of old. At least we're not expecting them to. You no, know? now with Jamar Gibbs and, and David Montgomery, you know, and, and I'm just a little sneak preview on tomorrow's SR's Fab Five I'm talking about. Uh, we wrote a story for PeterReport.com today about the Buccaneers are going to be facing a lot of young quarterbacks, a lot of unproven quarterbacks, right? There's a chance, Matt, if if it falls right, that this Bucks team could face Bryce Young in Carolina, certainly, probably twice, right? If yeah. he stays healthy, if he's healthy by and upright by yeah, you know we week, yeah. week 13 and uh, in week 18. And then you've got the Indianapolis Colts game. That's week 12. They drafted Anthony Richardson. He'll probably be in the starting lineup by then, right? So that's another rookie quarterback they'll be facing cj stroud with the texans that's coming up in week uh nine right that's going to be at houston so there's another rookie quarterback they're facing will levis if if he is you know good enough to unseat ryan Tannehill, or if Tannehill, who's getting oft injured now if he is out of commission they could face him in in, week 10 you know like the, the later on the season goes the more chance you have for seeing one of those younger yes. quarterbacks. And I also think I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I also think that hurts Tampa Bay when they go to green Bay in December yes. in week 15, Jordan not left. just, yeah. not just for the fact that it's going to be freezing cold. And right. I saw someone in the chat saying maybe a snow game. I'm down yeah. with that. Sign me up for it. But by that point in December, Jordan love is going to be way more comfortable playing in the NFL than he would be say in September and October. So uh, another little factor that kind of hurts the bucks going on later in the season as Cali Buck says bye week is disgustingly early I agree yeah. I mean it is it's difficult but, to make a schedule for every single team in the NFL yeah. but no team should have a bye week until at least the minimum a week later in week six but I think like week seven should really yeah. be when it starts but again I don't make the schedule I understand how difficult that is and a lot of the times it's a money grab too. So yeah, well, uh, and you know, so. you're right, Matt. And 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 the what's going to be in my Fab Five tomorrow is is after talking about the quarterbacks today, I'm going to be focusing on the rushing attacks that the Bucks will face in 2023. Now, there's some different personnel. We already talked about Miles Sanders moving from Philadelphia to Carolina, right? And you got David Montgomery moving from from the Bears to the Lions, right? Yeah. And then the Lions drafting Jamar Gibbs. So. This is just last year's rushing attacks. So personal changes, you know, it's not going to be the same, but the Bears actually led the league last year in rushing. I didn't really I realize that. Wild, 100, 177.3 yards per game. And, of course, Justin Fields, Dante Foreman, Rashawn Johnson. Carolina, no surprise, number two, about 160 yards per game. That was with Tyler Algier getting 1,000 yards as a rookie at a BYU. Now you have Bijan Robinson, right? The Eagles are on the schedule. They were the fourth- best rushing attack last year Jalen Hurts now they've got 
uh, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny to go along with Kenneth Gainwell and also uh, B- uh, Boston Scott. Um, 152 yards per game. San Francisco really tore the Buccaneers defense a new one, right? Last year out there in San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey, he had a 100-yard game against the Buccaneers. Elijah Mitchell, we're going to see a little bit of Debo Samuel running the ball as well, 136.8 yards per game. Then you got Buffalo, right? Another running quarterback, Josh Allen, James Cook, Damian Harris, 133.5 yards per game. Carolina in the division, ranked number 10 in terms of top running attacks. Dante Foreman's not there, but Miles Sanders, the 1,200-yard rusher, from the Eagles is now at imports. And we know Frank Reich likes to run the ball, Matt. I mean, look at Jonathan Taylor last year with the Colts, right? Chuba Hubbard is also a good quality back there to form a one-two punch. Detroit, you just mentioned the Lions. Now they got Jamar Gibbs and David Montgomery. But last year, 128.2 yards per game on the ground. That was ranked 11th. Tennessee, they like to run the ball. Who's that running back they got there? I mean, they wanted to trade him, but uh, Derrick Henry, he's uh, pretty, Henry. pretty damn good. You know, just averaging 2,000 yards per season. Yeah, King Henry, and uh, and then you got uh, Ty J. Spears, a running back that I liked out of Tulane. That's going to be a nice one-two punch, different running backs there, different styles. But Tennessee, you know, Matt Vrabel's uh, going to want to run the ball. 125.4 yards per game, 13th-ranked rushing attack. Jacksonville Jaguars. What's the best way to help a young quarterback like Trevor Lawrence run the ball? That's what Travis Etienne did in his mm-hmm. first NFL season after missing his rookie year on injured reserve. He rushed for 1,100 yards. Then they draft Tank Bigsby out of Auburn to be kind of a one-two punch there. Green Bay Packers, right? We've seen Green Bay run the ball. Season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, that's a one-two punch there. Matt, don't you think they're going to lean on the ground game a little bit more this year with Jordan Love? Yeah, I think they want to. I think they want to. Uh, what's the right way to say? It? They want to ease Jordan Love yeah. into being the uh, the full time starter, right. which is crazy because the Packers situation is so odd. Like Jordan Love going into his final year of his contract, so they have to like yeah. kind of figure out right away. But they absolutely are going to be relying on that run game. And then the Saints obviously love to use Kamara. Obviously, he'll yeah. he'll be back Jamal by Williams that week now 17. From the Lions. Jamal yeah. Williams, too, yeah. who was the leading rusher on their team and a fantastic yeah. player and a great soundbite as well, if you see uh, oh, yeah. any of his answers on social media. So in a very interesting way. And then, of course, they end the season at Carolina in Week 18. Um, the Bucks. So know, it, just, it, just to recap yeah. that real quick. Sure. So out of last year's top rushing attacks, uh, the, the Buccaneers – will be facing six of the top 10 rushing attacks from last year and 10 of the top 15. And as we just mentioned, look at that schedule, Dalvin cook, you know, Vikings weren't even in the top 15, right? But they cut Dalvin cook. So they're going to get tested early in terms of being able to stop the run. And as you mentioned, Matt, they're not going to face a lot of these younger quarterbacks until later in the season. So it's going to be a little challenging, I think for the Buccaneers right out of the gate. If they can't stop the run, they could be in some early trouble. They absolutely can. There is going to be, I mean, we are already going to be watching Kalijah Kansi because he's their first round pick. We already were going to be watching Logan Hall to see how he develops in his second year, but it just got that much more important with how everything looks. I mean, there were a season or two ago where the Bucks kind of went through the murderer's row of, uh, of quarterbacks, uh, yeah. of great quarterbacks in this league. Uh, not necessarily the case this year with all the younger quarterbacks, but it does very much feel like we are going through a murderer's row of watching 
big time running backs or at least running backs with a ton of potential with some of these rookies that are coming into the NFL. And that's going to be the number one emphasis for uh, the Bucs this year is stopping that run. I mean, obviously, if yeah. you go up against Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills, um, he's very difficult. But we do have a super chat from Matthew. I think there's going to be a lot of unders in the games this year with the amount that the Bucs want to run the ball. I'm talking points wise and yeah. the amount that the opponents, how good their running game is. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But Matthew has a super chat. Thank you for the five dollar super chat says uh, Bucks over under six and a half wins and to win the the win the NFC South plus eight hundred. What say you fellows? Sounds like it's Bakers to lose. I'm somewhere in the middle when it comes to uh, picking the Bucks to win the NFC South. I'm somewhere in the middle in terms of I don't think the Bucks are going to be second to last in yeah. the season, but I'm not expecting the Bucks to get double-digit wins and and kind of, you know, really set the world on fire by proving everybody wrong. I think the Bucs will prove a lot of people wrong in terms of the offense is just going to be functional and uh, they're going to put more points on the board than they did last year. But I'm not kidding myself either saying that they're going to win, you know, 12 games on the season and close yeah. to winning yeah. the NFC South. I really do think it'll come down to the wire. Um, for the over-under on the wins, I, I think it's important – you got to look at the winnable games that Tampa Bay has. And I think, you know, early in the year, they got to split. They got to go two and two. I think playing the Bears at home. I know everyone likes to remember that game against Chicago when it was in Chicago, when Mr. Trubisky just absolutely torched the Bucs. But yeah. when Chicago comes to Tampa Bay, it usually works. It usually works out pretty damn good for the Bucs. So if they can get that one and go up against New Orleans, too, you look later in the season, you know, Houston, obviously – with the rookie, anything right. can happen there. The Titans, I think, are going to be a little more disarray this year. Indy as well, going with Anthony Richardson. So there are certainly winnable games. And I think it's important for the Bucs to really take advantage of their divisional games. They got to at least split with the Falcons yeah. and the Carolina Panthers. And if they can do that, you know, any given Sunday, you end up upsetting another team like, uh, I don't know, Green Bay or Jacksonville later in the season. Yeah. I would take the over uh, for the Bucks wins this season. I really see them kind of doing what they did last year and going eight and nine and, and being in the running for that division. It's just kind of like what we talked about on previous shows. It's all about trending in the right direction in that last month of the season. I don't want them to come out of the gates hot and then kind of falter out when they get to, you know, December. I'd yeah. rather them stumble out of the gate and then kind of pick it up in, you know, start of uh, November or anything like that. So, yeah, I think the thing is, is, is like big DZ ball and says 10 and seven wins this division. I, I could see that. You know what? The strength of schedule, and I did the strength of schedule article earlier this week on Pewter Report. I'll throw that in the chat here in a second. But the Falcons have the easiest schedule. And, and, all of the NFC South teams have easier schedules based on last year's results, of course, right? So you can't always say what's going to happen, right? Because some teams rise up. We saw that with Jacksonville and Detroit this year, and some teams certainly fall back. And that was Tampa Bay. Even though they won the division, they went from 13 wins to eight, Matt. That's five less wins. I think that there's going to be a double-digit record winner in this division this year. Okay. It's not going to be eight and nine. Some team's going to rise up, whether it's Atlanta, whether it's New Orleans, whether it's no Tampa Bay. I don't I don't think it's going to be the Panthers this year. But one of these teams is going to rise up and probably 10 and seven wins the division. And part of the of the reason why the 
the, the NFC South teams have such an easier schedule is because they're playing the AFC South, which is a really, really bad division yes. too, right? So you're going to have a lot of attrition, a lot of, you know, the Panthers beating the Falcons, Falcons beating the Saints, Bucks beating the Saints, et cetera, right? So you're going to have some of this, this uh, intra-division, um, you know, Bad on bad, bad on bad, right? <laughs> but then you, you're going to have some some opportunities, I think, outside of the division to maybe get a win against the Texans, right? Maybe get a win against the Colts. And I think if the NFC South can can prove to be the better South, right? If they can, right. if they can get yeah. more wins against <laughs> the AFC South than than the the AFC South can against the NFC South, then I think you're going to have at least one team get to double digits. I don't think it's going to be 13 or 14 or 15. I think it's going to be 10, maybe 11. If some team just catches fire and there's injuries within the division, things like that. But, but you know, when it comes to the over under question, I, I believe that the Buccaneers can, can win eight games again. Matter of fact, if I had to guess right now, I would say nine. Is that going to be enough to win the division? I don't know, but here we go, right on the money here. LDBC's most wanted 499 super chat. We appreciate the super chat, folks. Thank you so much. RAPR, shoot me a way too early record prediction and whether Todd Bowles will be our coach next year. I think Bowles will be the coach next year, meaning 2024, because I think the Buccaneers will improve. They may not win the division again, but because of the fact, Matt, they were eight and nine last year. If they win nine games this year, and it kind of depends on where those wins come, right? If this team starts off really hot six and three, right? But then kind of peters that towards the end, that could be a different story. But if this team is is competitive all the way through and they're in the mix for the playoffs, maybe they fall a game short, but but maybe they finish nine and eight. I could see Ty Bowles certainly staying. I mean, that, that's a one-game improvement with a young team, with a first-year offensive coordinator, Right. In two yeah. draft classes in 2022 and 2023, where you're going to have a lot of starters from those drafts, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that. And the benefit of Dave Canales working with Geno Smith last year, getting the most out of him, we'll see what happens with Baker and Kyle Trask this year, if he can get them trending in the right direction. But I don't think the Bucks should be scared either if they end up going around eight and nine, like you said, or eight or nine wins as well but then still decide, well, Baker's not going to be our quarterback of the future. We want to dip our toes into a pretty vast quarterback pool going into, into next year's draft. I think the Bucs should be fairly confident, and we'll see how the season goes. But just kind of the personality that Dave Canales has, I wouldn't be fearful of the Bucs not necessarily starting from scratch, but at least going with a new quarterback, but still kind of like having a, a, a ready roster that can win now and i agree with you i immediately was thinking of well the nfc south is is pretty poor so the bucks have to be able to take advantage of that i mean even jacksonville they stormed through the end of the regular season and got in that winter play all game against the titans to finish out the season and i think they went in with like nine wins maybe 10 wins but they like they had to scratch and claw to win that division. And you know what? Here's one thing, Matt, too. And and the older Buccaneer fans probably will remember this, maybe have a, a better understanding or an appreciation for it. In, in 1997, 
Tony Dungy and the Buccaneers finally made the playoffs. It had been like 12 or 13 seasons. They finally got to the playoffs. They won 10 games. Yeah. You know, Warren Sapp became Warren Sapp that year. John Lynch was John Lynch. Derek Brooks became Derek Brooks, right? They had Hardy Nickerson. They had Mike Allstott in his second season. They had Warwick done as a rookie. Trent Dilfer was good enough, right? So you had some some horses up front with, with Paul Gruber and Tony Mayberry. Frank Middleton was a big guard. So you you had enough uh, to win with. And the Buccaneers finished really strong at the end of the 1996 season. So in 97, they make the playoffs. They win a wild card game against the Lions, beat Barry Sanders and the Lions at the old Sombrero, the last game in the old Sombrero. And then went up and lost a kind of a close game to Brett Favre and the Packers up in Green Bay. But Matt, everybody picked the Buccaneers to be the, the darling team next year, the breakout team. The Well, they made the playoffs. Now they're going to take the next step. And you know what happened? They read their press clippings. They read Sports Illustrated. They saw the cover, right? And they bought into their own hype, and they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. And I could see that happening, Matt, in Jacksonville. I could see that happening in Detroit. Yeah, that's for what team, I was thinking. Yeah, Detroit, for, for sure. For teams that, that finally rise up and get there, they think that they're ready to take the next step, and sometimes they're just not. Sometimes they they believe their own hype, and they don't work as hard, and they think they've arrived, and they really haven't, and they take a step back. So I could see either the Lions or the Tennessee Titans, not the Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and maybe even the Jaguars. I mean, I know they're in, they're in kind of like a rough division, uh, a bad division, and they they may be able to you know still be the the, the rulers of that just because the fact that nobody else is that good. Yeah. But, and, and you have to but, watch, but you know, they made the playoffs and the lions didn't, and maybe the yeah. lions are a little bit hungrier because of that. We'll see. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's a good point there. I, I would also say you have to watch the talent. You, you watch the tape, you, um, you look at all the players, but sometimes there are just forces outside of the Jimmy's and Joe's and the X's and O's, yeah. you know, the two teams you mentioned, Detroit and Jacksonville, yeah are very beleaguered, snake-bitten franchises. I would right. throw the Cleveland Browns in there. I would throw yep. the New York Jets in there, but they don't, yep. they're not playing the Jets this year. Arizona Cardinals is another one. They're not Arizona playing, yeah. Cardinals, too. Where, yeah, sure, there are glimpses of success. The Cardinals went to that Super Bowl in Tampa, believe it or not, and played the Steelers. Yep. Um, the Jaguars had that run to the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago with the boat, uh, Bailey's favorite quarterback, um, Blake Bortles. So, yep. yeah, I could totally see – those two teams, um, you know, like you said, kind of smelling the flowers a little bit and saying, all right, this is this is our time. But you can't just go in and be like, OK, we're here. We're going to win. That's not how it works in the NFL. I think we yeah. saw that a lot with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. last season where uh, they kind of just went in expecting to win, but not necessarily putting in the effort to do it. I mean, those games against the Steelers and the Panthers in back to back weeks really comes to mind. I would right. also say, Scott. The NFC North outside of Minnesota, I'm not exactly high on either. I mean, playing yeah. Minnesota, I just remember their opener last year, they played against the Packers and absolutely smoked the Packers. So they're a pretty right. good, like, week one team, if if, yep. if you really want to read into that. But, like, Chicago, there was rumors that they were going with the trade Justin Fields for yes. uh, or trade him and, and then draft Bryce Young. The Packers, you can't tell me that they're better without Aaron Rodgers. You That's cannot right. tell me that they're a better team 
with uh, with Jordan Love in there. Not to mention, well, it, no more Devontae Adams from two seasons ago, I understand. But still, I mean, what, Christian Watson's one of their top receivers now? I'm not necessarily buying it. And then, sure, Detroit, definitely an improved team. But yeah. they didn't make the playoffs. They beat the Packers in that last game of the year to knock the – to knock the Packers out, but you know, let's not act like Jared, Jared Goff played fantastic last year for his abilities. Is he going to be able to do that again? Or was that just like kind of an outlier type of season for Jared right. Goff? I don't know. I don't think he's going to be automatic and just be a fantastic quarterback this year. Each season is different and we haven't seen from Goff at least consistency. I mean, when you play in Sean McVay's offense with the Rams, yeah, you're going to do well. Um, but you know, going to Detroit, like the year before that Detroit was terrible with Jared Goff. So we'll kind of see if they can stay consistent or if they kind of come down back to earth this year, it will be uh, very interesting to see. We got another $5 super chat from Jarvell five. Thank you for the $5 super chat. They say, when is the throwback game with the That's eye a great So yeah, some people were a little disappointed in just the fact that the bucks didn't announce when they were going to wear their creamsicle jerseys. And I'm glad that they didn't announce it now because everyone's talking about schedules, primetime games, all these different things. The Bucs can announce it separately and it'll be a nice thing for all of Tampa Bay to rally behind. And I'm sure the NFL will kind of promote it as well because people love the creamsicle jerseys. Right. Uh, we've talked before about which game would be the, the right idea, the, the right opportunity to do it. And I do think the the layout of the schedule kind of changes it a little bit because we talked about the fact that, oh, it'd be really cool if um, they did it against uh, – what, what it used to be called, the NFC Central that they were yeah. in? With, okay, so Correct. like one of their yeah. old N NFC Central teams. I do think the home opener week two against Chicago might be a little bit early to yeah. uh, get those cream schools. If you want to do yeah. it against Detroit in week six, I think I'd be okay with that. But uh, yeah, yeah. get your thoughts on it, Scott. Yeah, and I think uh, traditionally what the Buccaneers like to do, and it kind of baffles me a little bit. I mean, I guess they're looking for an edge, but I mean, there's so many college teams that wear their their colored uniforms at home for early starts, right? For, like yes. out in the sun. Like they make those kids roast in those uniforms because that's just how it is, right? Um, the Buccaneers always – for their home opener or in white and white. They like to just make the other team wear a dark colored jerseys. So yeah. I think they don't want to break out their orange creamsicle jerseys. Uh, they want to have the, the bears in their dark blue Chicago blue um, yes. jerseys just so they can feel the heat a little bit. Right. So I, I think you look there, I think maybe that lions game after the bye week that might be the game right there. Uh, either that game or, maybe the Falcons game, right? Um, it would be kind of cool. The Falcons are going to be wearing some throwback stuff as well this yes, year, I believe. I, Scott, I've that said, would be a I, cool I, game I, I if both so teams down. could agree to to wear their throwback gear for that. 100%. Right? I'd be down Falcons with, helmet. with that or if the Titans wanted to go with their throwbacks when they were the yeah. Oilers with like the baby blue and you got the creamsicle yep. orange against the baby blue. That is just, that is just an, yeah, that is an aesthetically pleasing game. Yeah. That, that they should would, make that a primetime game just for the jerseys. That would be pretty cool, no doubt. You know, and so you know, listen, Tom Brady's gone, right? The 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 games, the five primetime games each year. We expected this to happen, especially with Buccaneers underwhelming last year at eight and nine. Um, listen, you talk to most of the players, 
And the primetime games are fun. They'd rather get out of bed and play at one o'clock. They just would. And I know fans look at that as like kind of a, a dishonorable notion by the league to, you know, to to have them at the the dreaded one o'clock starts. But I'm telling you, from a player standpoint, they don't like the four o'clock games. And the, while the primetime games are cool, they hate the Thursday night games. So scratch that out, right? The, the, that Monday night game, they're going to be excited for. The rest of the season schedule that is going to have mostly one o'clock games, the Bucks are going to be up for it. And even that four o five game out there in San Francisco, that's one o'clock on their body clock, right? Yeah. That's, that's still Eastern time, um, you know, for, for them, so to speak. I mean, it's, it's four o'clock Eastern, but it, when you're on the West coast, you're going to be getting up out of bed and, and, and playing anyway. So to me, uh, I think the schedule is fine. I, I don't mind not having any more of those, those primetime games. They'll, they'll be, There'll be some more primetime games, right? There's, there's going to be. Hey, make the postseason. You'll play. Make the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm not really worried about this schedule. The only thing I, I really don't like is the bye week. It would yeah. be nice if they could maybe play some of these younger rookie quarterbacks earlier in the season. At the same time, you know what? Marcus Mariota came in here in week one back in 2015 and went head to head with Jameis Winston and threw what five touchdown passes. Because they didn't see him. They didn't have anything on film except for his Oregon stuff, which, guess what, Lovey Smith, that's exactly what they ran, RPO game that he ran at Oregon. But Lovey Smith wasn't smart to figure that out. So um, let's let's see some of these tendencies develop for the Bryce Youngs, for the Anthony Richardsons. Let's get some tape on these guys. That's what I'm thinking if I'm Todd Bowles. Let's, let's see what these guys can do here, get some film on them, and then I'll figure out a way to, to – you know, make life a little more disruptive to them and, and see what they do well and see what gives them problems and really try to give them even more problems. Scott, I'm only thinking of one thing right now. And all that is, is man, I want a Celsius. right pewter people make celsius your number one pick celsius is number one i think first for the variety of flavors and the taste of those flavors more specifically you see on the screen there oasis five one of their newest flavors absolutely fantastic sparkling lemon lime has quickly moved into my top 10 sparkling orange is already in my top five you saw uh, during the, the video there, Arctic Vibe, that's my personal favorite. Strawberry Lemonade is quickly moving up the ranks. So a ton of awesome different flavors. Um, no sugar. It doesn't have any of those post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get from uh, other products out there. So go to the store locator on the Celsius website and find out where you can get a Celsius near you if you want one or if you just want to uh, try one for the first time if you haven't had it. It is extremely accurate. Uh, we've done it before. We do it all the time. Um, so go pick one up at your local Walmart, Target, convenience store, or your bodega. Bodega. And then, uh, once you keep going to your bodega and you're like, I love Celsius. I need more. I need them in bulk. Head on over to uh, Amazon. Do the subscribe and save. Start buying it in bulk. Get that variety pack because we rattled off a ton of flavors and all of them are fantastic. So get more. Variety is the spice of life. 
Um, do the subscribe and save and have it sent to your house or apartment every week, month, yearly, quarterly, whenever. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Scott, there's one game in particular I wanted to talk about when we were when you were discussing the one o'clock games, how you're fine with it. I'm cool yeah. with it too. It's crazy that the only like true legit four o'clock game, because that the one in San Fran, as you said, it's one o'clock on the on the body clock. Right. The only four o'clock game outside of the prime times is uh, oddly enough when they played the Jaguars, the other yeah. team, uh, one of the other teams in Florida. So I, I found that funny. Uh, but you talk about the prime time, the players don't necessarily love it. One thing that the players across the league absolutely loathe and despise are Thursday night games because yes. you have a much shorter playing time. And I do think Thursday night games in general are just quite odd. Less time to prepare. You're recovering from injuries. So if there was any time to play the Buffalo Bills, who are presumably going to be one of the best teams in the league again, I would almost rather the Bucs play them on a Thursday night game where there's just always that feeling that anything can happen, especially while we hate the the bye week overall. Having that early bye week in week five and then playing – the Thursday night game a couple weeks later. Mini buy, right? Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit of a mini buy. Um, but playing that Thursday night game just three weeks later after having a buy, I don't know when Buffalo's buy is, but I would imagine the Bucs are still gonna be pretty fresh going into that Thursday night game when in most other situations it's just not ideal. So maybe that's one of those any given Sunday or Thursday in this situation where the Bucs steal one from the Bills. You know, that's an interesting point. That I think it's a good one. And when you you look at at the teams around that, right? So you've got you have the bye week, and then you have two home games. So you're not traveling at all, right? And and you got the Falcons coming to town. It's gonna be a big game. And then you hit the road short week against the Bills. But I, I think this team, they're gonna do some scouting during the bye week about the Bills because that's gonna be a really quick turnaround. Um, they're going to have all their preparation for the Lions and 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 the Falcons, but they're going to do yeah. some advanced prep work for the Bills so they can be prepared after the Falcons for that short turnaround. Then they fly to Buffalo, and then the great thing is, you know what? You have that little mini bye week, and then you play the Houston Texans. The the Buffalo Bills, listen, they're they're a Super Bowl contender. That's going to be a, a hell of a tough yeah. game. Probably <laughs> going to be a loss, right? I mean, just unless things change dramatically for for both teams. I think that that's going to be a really tough game. But then you've got the Houston Texans. That's a good opportunity for a, a bounce back win. And then I have no idea what the Tennessee Titans are going to be this year. I have no idea if they're going yeah, to be neither do I. You know, good or bad or whatever. But but you go to the Texans, I'd be shocked if they were a good team this year with a rookie quarterback, a new coaching staff, all this stuff, even by midseason. I'd be shocked if, if that's a loss for the Buccaneers. Then you come back and you have kind of a, Another opportunity to stack some wins, right? You you get to the Tennessee uh, Titans there, and and let's say you win that game, then you go out there and take your lumps out in San Francisco, probably. But from the bye, right? I mean, those are some winnable games at home. Lions and Falcons. I'm not saying they're going to win them, but they're winnable. Yeah. The Bills game, I I would say probably not. The Texans, I would give them a win. I would give them a win for the Titans too. So after the bye week, regardless of how they start, three and one. Two and two, one and three, oh and four, whatever, whatever the start is, Matt. After the bye week, you start counting some wins there. One, two, three, four. They have a chance to to be four and one 
after the bye, heading into that 49ers game. It's a little bit of a, of a momentum opportunity right there. Yeah, all the Bucs talk about is stacking wins. How are they going to stack wins? I know that's more of a Bruce Arians mantra, but, it, you know, no one's going to be anti-stacking wins. So, yeah, that's a huge opportunity. I, I do get worried about if Baker doesn't perform or Trance doesn't perform, if that early bye week gets everyone saying, oh, should they make a quarterback change? Should they make a quarterback change then? But I don't know if that necessar- if that will necessarily um, be the case. I do think that early buy can kind of help with just getting everyone on the same page with the offense too. It's like, yeah. the, it's like the first four weeks are in an odd way, an extension of the preseason. And these games count, obviously you're not going to be like, it's okay. Take your time. Like, no, you got to figure it out right away. But I, I think there is value in looking at those first four games and head into the bye week and just go, all right, this is what we're doing well. This is what we need to fix. It's a new offense. We're all kind of learning it at the same time in terms yeah. of uh, players, coaches, and and everything of that nature. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of how I view that aspect of it. I do think, yes, they can rattle off those wins. You mentioned Texans, Titans. That's two in a row. San Fran, tough. But, yeah, if you take care of the, uh, the Colts and the Panthers and even the Falcons after that, you know, three, four wins out of, out of their next five. Like that is huge for yeah. momentum. And that's exactly what we talked about with Todd Bowles, keeping his job, keeping the whole team intact. Dave Canales, getting the offense going, you stack those wins. Like everything we just talked about, that's the start of November. The yeah. season ends, you know, first week of January. So that's when you really got to get the train moving. I think it's going to be so important for the bucks really to, because they're pirates, keep the ship afloat (laughs) up until I would say the first eight weeks of the season. If you can keep the ship afloat, go, let's be realistic, you know, three and four, or maybe even four and three. And then you start rattling off some wins. They're they're at least going to compete for the division. Cause as we talked about, maybe 10 wins is the winner in this one, but yeah, there's a great opportunity to really rattle off some, uh, momentum winning type of games you're right and you know this is all kind of fun and conjecture right now we don't have a crystal ball right we kind of looked last year remember if you looked at that stretch between you know the the, the, after that kind of rough start where gosh the bucks have to go two and two right and and they did but we didn't expect it to be beating dallas and new orleans on the road out of the gate and then losing at home to kansas city and green bay People were kind of thinking two and two to start the 2022 season, but probably not the way it happened. But then if you remember, then there's that stretch there where it's like, okay, you got Pittsburgh and a rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickett. Then you got Carolina. Gosh, they got PJ Walker at quarterback, right? Those were two really, really bad back-to-back losses. That's right when I called for Brian Leffridge to be fired, and he should have been fired at that point in time. But I understand the, the reasoning why. Todd Bowles didn't pull the trigger, but uh, it, that can just go to show you how we can look at this here on paper. And when, when these teams take the grass in September and October and November, it, it can be all different. Right. But uh, Cali bucks, uh, I'm going to agree with them here. I think the schedule gets a little bit easier with the Colts. And after that, and if you look at, at those games, uh, pewter people, uh, you're looking at uh, the, the Panthers twice right in week 13 and in week 18. And then you're looking at the Atlanta Falcons, uh, probably going to be a challenging game. The weather might make the Packers game challenging. I agree with you, Matt. I don't think that from a talent standpoint, the Packers are a team that really scares me. And you know what? 
their season might be in the downward spiral by then, unless Jordan Love it just becomes a really, really great quarterback, right? I mean, they, they, they could be with four games left, um, making some changes there and, you know, pre prepping for a top 10 draft pick, et cetera. And yeah. then you get Jacksonville and, and New Orleans. Those are games at home. And, you know, I give the Buccaneers certainly a chance for, for those. And then the Panthers, I would suspect this is not going to be the Panthers' year unless Bryce Young is the next Joe Burrow or something. I, I don't think that the, the Panthers are going to be the team that, that rises up in the South. And so that might be a game where the Buccaneers, it's really interesting for them, right? They might need that to get in the playoffs if they're hovering around eight, nine wins, something like that. And, and uh, and Carolina might not have a lot of pl to play for at that point in time. And the beauty of the schedule being out right now, you start looking at every matchup. We talked about the over-under uh, on the amount of wins they're going to get. Uh, that means we're getting closer to the season, which means you can start betting uh, on all these games. And, of course, if you want to bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, best place to go and do it is mybookie.ag. We've all been there before. A weekend trip to the casino canceled because real life came calling. Well, MyBookie's new and improved online casino is here to change the game. Dive into a truly realistic casino experience featuring the latest in slots, progressive jackpots, and live dealer action, all from the comfort of your own home. Take advantage of a weekly blackjack tournament, which I'm a big fan of blackjack, and a brand new collection of high-end games for a chance at real cash rewards. Get in on that uh, roulette game. Bet on red, because the Bucks wear red. Um, the MyBookie casino provides... A Las Vegas experience when the action's in your hands. And the best part is you don't even need to wear pants. <laughs> your adventure at the MyBookie Casino begins today with a generous sign-up bonus using the promo code Pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. Once again, promo code is Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Secure yourself a sweet deposit bonus. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal when you get a bonus from mybookie.ag. If you do your first deposit bonus, you can get up to $1,000. Um, and that's not all. Because their revamped loyalty program ensures that you'll be showered with rewards, including free spins, cashback offers, and a host of exclusive VIP perks, the more you play, the more you win. So play anytime, anywhere with the MyBookie Casino. That's mybookie.ag, promo code pewter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have some over-unders for the Buccaneers right now. If, yes. if, if it's six and a half, I'm betting the over. Um, I agree. I, 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 I think, think, I think the they're going to win at least seven games, right? So um, we got Matthew here. I appreciate the sentiment, Matthew. Scott and Matt are throwing some perfume <laughs> and cute clothes on this pig. We'll see. Uh, um, that's funny. I don't think either one of us have said the Bucs are going to win the division this year or get double-digit wins. What The numbers I've thrown out are win at least seven games. I think they got a chance to at least match last year's score. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win nine games, right? And we'll see what happens after that. If this team could stay healthy and, and get the ball rolling uh, on offense, if the defense is better, um, you know, we'll see. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And and uh, I'm, I'm really curious about this team. And if Baker Mayfield can become a, a Geno Smith-type guy where, where he can – I'm not saying – be a pro bowler necessary or win the comeback player of the year, but could be a quarterback that can take a team to the playoffs, whether it's this year or next year or whatever. I'm just curious to see. This is supposedly a very quarterback friendly offense. It fits him and his skill set to a T. Uh, Dave Canales said on Wednesday, Matt, that, that he's worked with shorter quarterbacks before. Yeah. Baker Mayfield 6'1, 
Russell, Russell yeah, Russell Wilson's very five eleven. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just curious. I, I'm just I'm not going to write this team off. There's there's too much talent on this team, and and I think this coaching staff is better than than fans are giving it credit for. I don't see this being a top ten a draft pick team. I don't. I don't think they're going to be a top ten team in the league. Neither, I don't think they're going to be a top ten draft pick team either. Neither do I. I don't think they're picking top ten. Let's be real. Who watches the Bucks more? The local media like us or the national media that's just saying, well, Tom Brady's not there, so they're not going to be as good. Sure, you're missing a lot with Tom not being there, but don't count out Baker Mayfield just yet. That's and right. As far as the over-unders with the wins, all I said is they're pretty much going to have the same amount of wins as the Bucs did last year. They yeah. went 8-9. and nine. Maybe this is, maybe Todd Poles purposely threw that last game against Atlanta, <laughs> so this season right. he could go 9-8, and eight, and it just yeah. looks a little bit better when you exactly. improve in your second year as head coach with the Bucs. We all know he had his first uh, coaching stint. So he's going into year two yeah. as the Bucks head coach. There's a, one other aspect of this all, Scott, that I think is interesting. That's actually going to help the Bucs where it's hurt them over the last decade. But because of the opponents that they play. So because Tampa is such a beautiful place to live, it's mm -hmm. an awesome spot to vacation. A lot of times, the opponent, their fan base, comes on down to Tampa yeah. because they get to go to warm weather and watch their team. Right. And before Tom got here, the Bucs were pretty bad. So it was even more incentive to go. I think outside of the Bears game in week two, which is the home opener, and with Brady here, that obviously changed a lot of things because it instilled hope in yeah. this team. Outside of the Bears in week two, you can see a lot of Chicago jerseys. Yeah. Besides that, I do think with the fan base, with the teams that are coming to Tampa, yeah. those home games kind of helps out the Bucks a lot. That it's either yeah. not like a huge storied franchise or a team that's right. really expected to be that great. So the Bucks well, will still I've, have home field advantage. This they're going to have the Eagles fans come down. Well, yes, sure. the Eagles fans, but they get <laughs> they all, the yeah, fans. especially on Monday night. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about the Eagles, but no, no Cowboys this year, no Giants, right? So those are Packers some fan are on the road. Travel. Yeah, exactly. So no, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, Ray says the thing Scott and Matt aren't saying is if the Bucks start slow, do they trade players before deadline and start tanking from there? I, I think it really depends on the record. Uh, yeah. are, are they truly looking like the bottom out? Like if they start off zero and four, and then the bye week. You know, then some panic can set in for sure, right? And and uh, um, if, if they're one and seven at some point, or you know, two and six, you know, yeah. If it gets that bad, story. if it gets that bad, absolutely. I just think that it's so tough to navigate with the NFL. It's not like other leagues where you can do. Uh, sure, you get draft picks and everything like that. It's so different. I mean, the Panthers did, and they ended up playing a winner take all yeah. game for the division against the Bucks late in the year. So you never. You never really know if they only have one or two wins going into the final two months of the season, then yeah, I think the writing's on the wall at that point that Todd isn't coming back and the bucks are, yeah. are really gonna, really gonna start over. But you know, this team's going to look so different. That, that was the yeah. thing I want to say. Yes. I think that they're going to get the same amount of wins as they, uh, as last year's team, but this year's team, it's gonna, it, it's the eight or nine wins that they get are going to look crazy, crazy different. I don't even yeah. know how <laughs> it's going to look, but yeah. I can tell you it's going to be different. Hans Pennyloaf, don't count out Baker Mayfield. What the hell are you talking about? He's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league except for one fluke year on a stack team. Well, that one fluke year you're talking about, he played pretty damn good and took the Browns to the playoffs someplace they had not been in like over a decade. So yeah. 
Uh, and then the next year he was hurt. He had a torn labor in his shoulder. I mean, that's going to hurt any quarterback. And then last year it, it didn't work out. Right. This is a guy that wasn't was, a right fit in Carolina, but Carolina right said, fit. Hey, we'll take Baker. So the Browns yeah. were obviously like, yeah, you can have him. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't get to handpick a spot. He got traded for, and that was not the best fit. And they rolled through some quarterbacks there. They fired their coach at midseason. So I, last year was kind of a wash. I'm, I'm you can say that, that the, the 2020 uh, season in Cleveland was a fluke. I'll say last year was a fluke for Baker Mayfield. And we'll see what happens this year in Dave Canales' offense. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I'm not saying he's going to be successful. I think he'll win. I think he's going to end up winning the starting job, but I'm not going to say he's going to be successful. We'll see. If he keeps throwing interceptions and pressing the issue too much and trying to do too much, is not going to be good. If he plays within the offense and, and sticks to the script, and doesn't lose games. I, I think that there's enough talent on this team to where where the Buccaneers can get some wins. Uh, you got to remember there are nine players on this team that have been to at least one Pro Bowl, right? And yeah. like Levante David's one of them. He probably should have been to more. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Ryan Jack Jensen, Barrett. Tristan Wirfs on offense, Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, Devin White, Jr. Antoine Winfield. Uh, hey, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean haven't been to a Pro yeah. Bowl, but they're very much Pro Bowl caliber. If they can just hang on to the ball, ball. <laughs> right? If they can hang on to the ball, like they'll be in the Pro Bowl. You get four or five picks, and that's usually the ticket. So, and they're making over thirteen million dollars each, right? This this season, so or or at least their average career or their average, uh, you know, salary per per year. So th there's some talent. I mean, folks, I, I've been around long enough. I've seen teams that don't have a lot of talent, right? I've uh, you can go back to when Jason Light took over this this team in 2014. You had Levante David, Gerald McCoy, and Doug Martin. That was really it. They really didn't have a whole bunch. And they tried to make some splashes in free agency, kind of like what the Falcons are doing this year, right? Signing a bunch of free agents. It yeah. didn't always work out. So That's right. I, I'm just saying, there's more talent on this team than you might think. This offense last year regressed mightily. The problem was Byron Leftwich's play calling, Okay. And, and Tom Brady was not the Tom Brady that he was the two years before that. He had a lot going on. Remember what he said? He said, I'm 45. I've got a lot of shit going on. So yeah. <laughs> he did. And, and it, it was not a great, uh, you know, scenario for this, this Buccaneer offense. They, they, they fell from 30 points per game to 18. I would not be surprised, Matt, if this Bucks offense ends up scoring 20 points per game. It, it may not blow the, you know, the, 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 the doors off the barn, but I think it's going to be better than it was last year. And that's no indictment necessarily on Tom Brady. It's more of an indictment on the play caller and, there, and, the, and the offensive scheme. We'll there see. has to be an episode that we do during the season. I, I think it, it's got to be at some point before the bye week. We're just going to name the episode Vindication. And it's yeah. going to be when everyone else realizes that, Oh wow, Dave Canales is doing a great job. Wow, yeah. this offense and, and, I, and I hope he looking, does. Uh, yes, I, I, he I does. Have no have idea if he's it. going to, but, but he's like, a wow, nice guy. This, this offense is doing we'll different see. things. They're moving the ball down the field. This looks way yeah. different than last season. This year's Bucks offense actually can do stuff. This yeah. Bucks offense can score points, and we're just going to say vindication. We've been trying to tell you this the whole time. One last thing I'll say on Baker. Um, it is kind of all or nothing for him this year. It is. Because he he's had that. some opportunities. He does know that. Dave Canales kind of said that yesterday in terms of when he had his hours-long conversations with Baker. 
Baker knows that this is probably hit the best and the last opportunity that he's going to have to establish himself as a legitimate starter for a long-term run. And if it doesn't work out here, then he's going to be a perennial backup or yep. potentially be out of the league. So there's a he'll lot be, of pressure. He'll be an Andy Dalton is what yeah. he's going to be. He's going to be an Andy there's Dalton. A lot of, there's guy. a lot of pressure yeah. on Baker this season. There is. And, uh, you know, the, the, the great thing is, um, you know, the inflation that we're, we're facing as, as a, you know, as a country, the economy, you know, that's putting a lot of pressure on people and, and it's no fun, right? Everyone's kind of, you know, feeling the effects. It's, it's a tough, um, you know, climate to kind of navigate and you want some pros in your side. You want some pro bowl people on your side and folks, I'm telling you from my own personal experience, the team at Immuni Financial, that's who you want on your side when it comes to financial help. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. You know, Matt, you're actually going to go up to New York this weekend, and you're going to some bodega. I already did that. That was last weekend. Oh, that was last but, weekend. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's right. Yeah. It's rookie minicamp this week. What am I thinking? Yeah. Well, you went to some bodega I did. last week. I'm going to Colorado. I'm actually going to Colorado. Ashley and I are leaving for Colorado Sunday morning on a week's vacation. So we're super excited. And the folks at Immunity Financial, they can help you retire to Colorado or wherever you want to retire across this country uh, or outside the country too. Managing your wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts for the kiddos, and insurance services. With over 40 years of experience, let Muni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Now, they can help you all across the country. You don't have to live in the Tampa Bay area. You don't have to live in Florida. Anywhere in this country. They can help you. So do what I did. Give Immuni Financial a call, 1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-868-6864. Or visit them on the web at immuni.com. Tell them Pewter Report sent you. And just talk to them. You know, they'll do like a free little consultation and, and tell you about what they can do for you. And if you like it, go ahead and, and become an Immuni client. If not, you know, no harm, no foul. But I think that you'll like the people that you'll be working with at Immuni Financial. Yeah, We're gonna be out. Check out Immunity Financial, yeah. and then make sure you check out our social media because we have Bucks Rookie Minicamp tomorrow. That's so we're right. going to have a lot of content out on our social media and our YouTube channel. Our social media is at Pewter Report, and our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. And as I was just saying, tomorrow, there it is. That's what I was looking for, is Bucks Rookie Minicamp. Pewter Report will be out there the next two days seeing what's going on with all yeah. these rookies. We'll get to talk to some of them. And uh, talk to Todd Bowles as well. Watch them. Seven o'clock primetime shows tomorrow night and, and Saturday night. Friday night, Saturday night. We're going to be wrapping up both days of the Bucks rookie minicamp. So special night, special primetime uh, episodes of the Peter Report podcast. Make sure yes, you join us. We will. And we'll have uh, JC in the mix, uh, Bailey Adams, uh, maybe Adam Slavon as well. So a couple other Peter Reporters on the show. So you get a little taste yep. um, of everybody. But that's going to do it for us on tonight's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching. 
Hope you like the Bucks schedule, and we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.